Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Someone sent you holiday drinks. Hey, thanks. Can I guess what it is? Eggnog from a friend? I don't think so. A vintage red for dinner with the in-laws tonight? How did you know I'm going... Or is it apology scotch from your neighbors for driving through your lawn? What? That was Randy? Aw, it's a mezcal for my dad. Wow. Is he single? Download the Drizzly app for alcohol delivery or order online at D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. What's up, y'all? It's the world famous. You're listening to The Darren Green Show. Right here. All right, and we are recording. Welcome to another great episode of The Darren Green Show. I'm your humble host, Darren Green. I believe this is episode 159. Don't quote me on it. Um, if you're watching this uh, podcast on YouTube, please be sure to hit that uh, subscribe button. Give this video a like and also leave a comment because we love comments. I like to, you know, formally announce that I'm joined with popular artists and mutual of mine on TikTok, Akil Elijah. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I know that's right. Look, is it hot over there where you at? Where are you at currently? You know, no, I live in Toronto, so it is not hot. It actually is. It's a snowstorm right now, so oh, that's not, fine. Not, not a snowstorm. Now, I thought we was a little close. <laughs> no, it was. It was so warm these last few days. Like last two days has been like well warm for us. Like I don't know what it is Fahrenheit, but for us it's like ten degrees or like five degrees. Oh my. Um, and then it just starts snowing today, so that's fun. Well, see, I like the cold, so I mean, it don't, it don't, it don't matter to me. <laughs> I hate the cold. I am a, I'm a summer, put me on a beach type of boy. That's what I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. So, so, what brings you on the Darren Green show? Um, well, nothing specific. Like you know, I love. Mm-hmm. Just talk and I love to get into it, especially with other like creators and other like creatives and seeing you do your thing. Like mm-hmm. it's inspiring one way or another. So I think this is just like the perfect place to have like any sort of convo. I don't know what you have lined up, but I'm excited for anything because I think mm-hmm. that's just one of my that's one of my favorite parts about being an artist is having these kinds of conversations. Like right. Whether they're broadcasted or not, like just having the opportunity to speak with other creators and other people who are doing things similar to what you're doing and just having those natural moments and and expanding conversations about different things regarding music, art, mm-hmm. entertainment is just what I love to do. Oh, that's that's a great. No, because really, I wanted to ask because I was actually going to approach you like because um, I was. You know, I was getting into the new year. I was like, I'm trying to find, figure out who can I um, have as guests and stuff like that to line up. Mm-hmm. And it was so surprising that you like that you hit me up. I was like, oh snap, okay, look. Really? <laughs> no, I saw you like talking about like you want to like. Yeah, and I seen I, yeah the video that I made. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I want to do that. Like I was like, of course. Like why wouldn't? Period. <laughs> now we've been mutuals on TikTok for a minute. Now mm-hmm. I um I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but I think I stitched one of your videos right. I think so. I don't know because this is the thing is this is my third account, so it could have been on my first, could have been on my second. Right, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of accounts, so probably. Yes, I stitched your video, and I didn't cause see I start I heard of you when my other mutual Robbie, you know him, double minority, um, yes, yes. he did a video on you, and I was like, oh, this what he did a he did a show at what, and we're gonna get into that, um. And I was like, okay, this he interesting. I looked at your page, I'm like, oh, you we follow each other, already. I'm like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, look, let me see what's going on. Um, 
So, you know, I always ask a lot of uh, my mutuals that's on TikTok. I feel like I'm loud. Oof. Um, what is it like for you on the app? Like, I know you you said you've been on there like three times. <laughs> How's your experience yeah, so, been? Honestly, mm-hmm. the app has not been the best to me. Like, I'll keep it candid. I'll keep it a buck. Like, we know the real what, what goes on with TikTok. Mm-hmm. But where it has been good to me is building that community and building that, like, um, I don't want to say fan base because I don't like that word. Like, mm. I only have 7,000 followers. It's not fans, but people who are interested in what I do and people that support me, that's what I love. Like, you know, there's people that don't know me from a can of paint. Like, you don't know me from nowhere, but they're the first people that are messaging me about my music and, like, yeah. streaming my music and saying they love me and putting my music on, like, their playlist. And that that that's what keeps me on the app is building those connections. Whether it's one person or 10 people, I'm like, like this is this is what I love. That's yeah. what I love about the app. But everything else is like that. The experience is mediocre, but like yes. the relationship and the community that you build is mm-hmm. is worthwhile. Yeah, you do meet a lot of uh, good people on there. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. stuff because I've been on Instagram, I've been on other you know apps and stuff like that, and I never got as much as I did when I came here. So it's always you know it's really good to start like you know to, to build your um fan base or supportership, whatever you want to call it. I call them yeah. listeners. Exactly. Right, right, right. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts because you know this. We was going. I was going to ask a couple questions about TikTok, and then we're going to get into what we're going to get into. But um, what was your situation about this Nikki situation, child? I mean, Ooh, the- <laughs> okay. First of all, let's just let, like not 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 to be that type of person, but that's my sister in my head. Okay, right. She has liked a handful of my videos. She's replied to my comments. Like you know, like no, I be seeing. I'm like, oh, okay, Nikki. Yes. Yeah. So. And with that being said, I still have the, like, um, the ability and the critical thinking to hold her accountable. And I mm-hmm. think that's okay. Like, I think if if Nikki was here right now, like, I would have those conversations about the things that she said. Because I think that's okay to question your favorite artist or to have, yeah. you know, and to have, like, honest conversations with them. So, I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, engulfed into, like, the whole drama with, like, the other TikToker lady, I don't know her name. Well, I do know her name, but I wasn't, <laughs> in, I wasn't really, like, engulfed into it. I didn't care too much for mm-hmm. it. Um, I just thought it was interesting that, especially her, the other person, her platform being over 2 million followers, mm-hmm. I found it very interesting that she used her platform to condemn and critique Nikki instead of critiquing TikTok. TikTok. But then at the same time, I don't find it interesting because... I'm sure that she loves the followers that she has and TikTok has given her a lot being she has 2 million followers. So why would she critique them? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so I found that very interesting. And then I did find it interesting that she, once she did critique Nikki, she was acting like she didn't. And that's mm-hmm. something that like happens a lot, whatever. So I didn't agree with what she said necessarily. And I didn't necessarily agree with how Nikki handled it. The, how like, she responded. Yeah. Posted, post, I thought it was a bit excessive. Like, I thought it was like, okay, like, you don't need to do this, sis. Like, mm-hmm. don't let these people draw you out your character. But like the, the first post, I got it. It's like, okay, like, you know, you have someone with 2 million followers saying that you're doing a PR stunt. I think like in that instance, like you have every right, right to yeah. react and say, to say um i just think it wasn't needed to have like to for it to go on the way it went on um it just like further fueled the people that do not like nikki to say different things about her i had like people that i was mutuals with no longer mutuals with get in on it and then they were attacking me i was blocked by so-and-so people that i've never seen or heard of. it was a it's a whole lot now see i I did see your video on it i I don't think i think you kept it pretty neutral um 
you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of derailing to, you know, take the attention off of TikTok and to bring it on to Nikki. I mean, but a lot of people kind of look at celebrities as, you know, everything you do is a PR stunt, which sometimes is not always the case. Um, how you respond is also important as well. And mm-hmm. I was definitely, I wasn't, I actually did not speak about this <laughs> on my TikTok. Right. And there was some people that was some mutuals that when I was like, you know, cause I'd have other shows with people and other collaborations with people. And they were like, well, you know, I just feel like, you know, cause they know I'm a Nikki fan. Like, look, I, mm-hmm. I put that on French. I'm a barb too. Oh, what you, what you think? They, they be wanting to ask you like to make sure that to see where your head yeah. at. I'm like, okay, I'm look. And also too, my thing is like kind of going back to what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wanted to ask and like see what's going on, and and you know when I did give my stance, like it was neutral, like you're saying, like I chose to keep the blame on TikTok because that's why I feel had the mm-hmm. most fault. And I think something that was interesting was everyone that weekend. Shout out to Charmy, she said this. Everyone that weekend learned a new word, PR stunt. Nobody knows what a PR stunt really is because mm-hmm. that would not be a PR stunt. Of course, Nikki going into that TikTok meeting was a part of PR, which is public relations. That's yep. what PR stands for. So, of course, that's a part of her public relations. That's how she interacts with her fans and the community that she's built. But it's not a stunt. It was never a stunt. And I think this is something that's very interesting because I commented this under one of the videos about um, the girl like posting about Nikki. I said, I wonder, like, what are her qualifications to 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 say, like, this is a PR stunt? Because mm-hmm. she's saying, in my qualifications, or in my whatever... Like, did you go to school for this? Or are you just speaking because, you know, your crystals told you to say this? Like, what's, Ooh, what's not, really not, not crystals. So, <laughs> you know, I was just really wondering. I was really curious. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, I know her. She, she, uh, I don't know her, no. I, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. fond of her videos. But, um, yeah, I was a little taken back about it as well. I was just like, okay, I mean... I mean, it's kind of like uh. yeah, it was, very, it was very out the way. I mm-hmm. mean, I have seen her videos before too, and I have liked a few of her videos. I didn't mm-hmm. follow her, but I've I have liked a few of her videos, and I and normally she's pretty on the nose, but I just felt like this was a bit like unwarranted and a bit weird, mm-hmm. especially considering like the blame was really on TikTok and. Mm-hmm. She- never ever chose to say that at all like it was really weird but you know there's this there's this thing of always you know you got to be the one with the different take you know that's that's mm-hmm. what gets the numbers that's what gets the the um detraction and the impressions exactly. and all that yeah so and it did that for her. she did get a lot of numbers she got a lot of she got it she got it so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Child, enough about this TikTok shit. Aside from TikTok, now you have been doing your thing, okay? That's from dropping dope visuals, projects, uh, you know, with your, um, I think you came out with your EP or, or were those considered those EPs? EPs, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, your live shows and all in the span of five years, because I've seen you post about that the other day saying that you are, you've been rapping for five years now. Yes. And I, like, that's so crazy because I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, I've been doing this podcast and then what, I, what I've been doing for like five years too. So it's like everything is coming to full circle. How does it yeah. feel? Um, I was, this is very interesting that you're asking this because I was really just like sitting on the bus today when I was like doing my errands, running around, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, was saying, I was listening to my own music and I was just really taking like the time to really reflect and congratulate myself because I think especially as like creatives and as artists, we don't take the time to do that. We're always so busy like comparing ourselves mm. or what we want to achieve next or what's next or how can we get to where we want to go. Like, but there's something so beautiful about being in the moment of where you are. Mm. And I think that's something that I was doing today. I was like, yo, like I started doing this just like for fun in high school. 
and now it's taking me so many places. It's it's become a lifestyle of mine. It's it's become my everything, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for again the people that I've met, the communities that I built from doing this. So I was really taking the time today to like really really sit in and sink in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like you'll get out of your like it's the moment of you know you getting out of your own head when you think about like oh my goodness I need to be doing this I need to be doing that. But like it's like exactly. you've come so far. And, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and realize it, even if because I feel like now as a as a content creator and as maybe an artist too, just always looking at numbers. I mean, how has that affected productivity of your work? Because I know it affects me a lot because I, I, I had it to it. I was like, I'm not looking at my analytics for a whole week <laughs> until yep. the next episode to see how the whole week that board and. It's hard because sometimes you want to be like, oh, okay, what's going on? Let's let's see if we can do this. So yeah, how you how you cope with it? It's like it's addicting because even with mm-hmm. Spotify, when you have Spotify for artists, you can go when you release a song that first week of the release, mm-hmm. you can see live who is listening to that song and the numbers update live. So like, oh, wow. I release the song right now and one person goes and listens. I will see it'll say zero streams and then once they're finished listening, it'll update and say one stream. So it can be very toxic. Like it's very, very, um, it it adds like another like pressure, I guess, you know, where you're trying to, you're trying to detach yourself from the numbers because the numbers don't necessarily, necessarily reflect how good your art is. Yeah. Um, It reflects your art's relationship to the algorithm. So it's not telling of who you really are as an artist. And I think that's something very, very important that I've had to teach myself, especially with Instagram, TikTok, everything like the likes, the analytics, Mm -hmm. all of it. It can, on you as a as a creator. Yeah, I was saying it to other creators. It's like it's like almost like a drug. I think I said it to a Medusa. I'm not sure if you know her, but um, she, she it was like you know it's like a drug to a lot of people, and sometimes you have to break out of that. Um, yes. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit now. You are a Toronto-based rapper. Um, yes. You never at one point lived in New York though, because <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know because I feel like I because I used to watch your videos and I could have sworn you said you was in New York. No, just everyone asked me if I'm from New York. I'm not from New York. Uh-huh. Everyone always asked me that. Are you from New York even? <laughs> Are you from New York even? And I can do a good, I can I can do a good New York accent. I can mm-hmm. do a good London accent. But no, I'm no I'm I've never lived in New York, but I've been to New York like in the last like two years. I've been a few times. Um but I do love like a lot of like my favorite artists and rappers, especially come mm-hmm. from New York. That's where a bulk of my inspiration comes from. So I guess that can explain like my lingo or the way I talk because of the people that I grew up listening to. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not from New York. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I, I know I read somewhere where you said that your belief is that rap is meant to be uh, storytelling. And I just wanted to know, how do you feel uh, rap nowadays? Does, is that, are we missing that? Yes, very much so, very much so. And t- and this is what a lot of people get confused when I say that. So when I say storytelling, I don't expect everyone to be like Nas or J. Cole or Kendrick and like mm-hmm. tell you a story and walk you through their day at the park and then they went to the corner store and they got a drink and then they went home and played video games and smoked. Like that's not the type of story that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I just feel like 
it, rap is much more interesting when someone's conveying a clear message. So when you when you are writing and you put the time to write and like really get something across and paint a picture, whether that picture is the corner store to the bus to the whatever, or the picture is you at the club having fun, like there's ways you can create a picture that is just as entertaining no matter what the subject matter is. And I think that's a bit lost. And I think that has to do with like people not necessarily um, wanting to advance on the the art of rap like you mm -hmm. know people don't care about their writing they don't care about their penmanship they don't care about the skill of writing mm -hmm. it's just like as long as it sounds good we put it out and i think that's where the storytelling comes in is like when you have a good like foundation of writing and you're able to really really push your pen yeah then you can create a good story no matter what the story is about and it doesn't have to be profound or deep or metaphoric or anything like that it can literally just be anything but when your pen is so advanced and you come up with these metaphors and similes you create these stories and you paint these pictures so that your music translate as art yeah and you're just putting you're putting extra work into it i think you know i've i listen before we got on this interview i listened to a lot of your songs and you okay the lyricism the the just just your 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 voice like you have a distinctive voice and i just wanted to ask that too i was like is that something that like um you had to hone in on or to perfect or was that that did it come natural a little bit of both so i mm -hmm. started doing why my i guess my voice or like my cadence is the way it is because before i started doing rap i was a spoken word artist okay um, and i still do spoken word and i still do like poetry and things like that but i was really just like a spoken word artist like i'm talking like i was going to slams every weekend competing i've traveled doing spoken word like you know that's that's where i started out as an artist and then when i shifted into rap i had to find my voice a little bit but once i found it and i was in my pocket it mm -hmm. really like, like i really couldn't be stopped like you know, and I would say like when I was when I was in high school and I first started rapping, I didn't like my voice. There's a lot of times where I was like really trying to play around with how I wanted to say things and how I wanted to speak. But then eventually I just let it come out naturally. Like however I felt like saying it was how I said it. And then that's just how it was. Like it, it just came to me. It was always there, but it had to transform itself a little. Mm -hmm. OK, well, what's one of your favorite visuals that um, you recently came out with? um it would probably oh, i don't know that's hard <laughs> not that hard <laughs> I, I love just do it just do it is, i think is my last yeah that was a good one that was a real good one yeah just do it is my last visual that i did mm -hmm. i love just do it but my i think my favorite visual that i've ever done is called verge of gemini it was a um like a i think a seven or nine minute like visual ep so I put three songs together, mm -hmm. well, two songs with the spoken word interlude, and it was a story of just a lot of different things. There's a, such a big meaning and like conceptual meaning behind it that I really like sat and thought about. I think that'd be my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between that and just do it. Yeah. Okay, and you also you do your own like directing and and so you do that for yeah. your visuals as well. Yeah, so for the most part, so I have my videographer and director that I work with, shout out Isabel. Mm -hmm. She is like the mastermind behind the camera. But like when it comes to the vision of like actual things happening, I guess we we like direct and we co-direct with each other. Um, but the vision is like 
is always me. Like I literally sit down and listen to a song over and over again. And I always tell people how I plan out my music videos is literally second by second. So everything that you see in my video was already in my head before we even got down and shot the video. I wrote it down. I put, okay, from zero seconds to five seconds, I want this clip. Then from six seconds to eight seconds, I want this. Like that's how I break down my video. So mm-hmm. the vision is very much me. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And get your favorite drinks delivered today. Period. Okay. Now, I wanted to talk about your uh, your initial project, uh, Libertine. Um, mm-hmm. What was the thought process behind this project? I want to start with that question. Well, if I like, it, it was it's a little bit of different things. So the the mm-hmm. concept of the project was that I wanted to create something that was well rounded and really showed my artistry. Because when you listen to Libertine, it's so many different types and styles and like variations of rap and music like i have storytelling like classic like nas sort of meek mill vibes then i have mm-hmm. like pop rock and then i have like eclectic then i have like pop rap and then i have like a little bit of like r&b pop rap thing going on there so there's a lot of things so that was like the concept like the concept in my head was that i want this to be something that was diverse and that was well-rounded um but then when it came down to actually having the songs it was, those songs are actually all throwaways so there were all songs that wow. I recorded in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to do with like I've like I just spent like all of 2020 and most of 2021 just going to the studio recording, recording, recording. And I did I was like, I'm not gonna drop all of these as singles. I'll be dropping those until like the day I die. Like that's a lot of singles. I was like, okay, so then let's put it on a project. And like I just played around with the order and I still have more songs that I'm putting onto another EP. Mm-hmm. Um that I was playing, I played around with the order and I was like, this is it. Like, this is how I, this, this order of songs or this order of music is what matches the concept that I had originally thought of. Yeah. And I also seen you did, you did like, you have a lot of like uh, different collabs with other people too. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, um, it was really, it was an interesting um, EP that you came out with. I enjoyed the, I hate you. I do song. Um, is one of your favorites. It, it was so different. Like it was, it was, it was a different genre. Now, do you see yourself dabbling in other genres? Oh, 110%. Mm-hmm. Like, do not, like, anybody now listening, whoever's there, do not expect me to ever, like, stay just in rap. Like, that's actually my plan for, like, mm-hmm. the coming future. I've released Libertine. The kind of second part of Libertine, which drops in two hours, is In My Bag Again, which is a rap like another rap project EP. Mm-hmm. But then once that's over with, once I'm done rapping for a little bit and I like drop a mixtape, I want to like go into like pop. I definitely want to go into pop, pop rap, pop rock, very, very different. I want to just explore music. I think music is so beautiful and deserves to be explored no matter what type of music you make. Hmm. Have you tr- uh, thought about doing other mediums of, uh, you know, content 
far as because I mean I know you're on TikTok and you do you do sometimes you do like the hot topics I see you that pertains to like music in a way have you ever thought of changing it up or maybe just you know doing being more vocal on YouTube because you see a lot of artists do that like they do vlogs and and conversations and stuff so I do want to do that kind of stuff I like I've thought of a few series of like things that pertain to my music so like for example doing my own kind of like genius breakdowns Mm -hmm. um I think it would just be very interesting because there's so many bars that I just like, I want people to listen and be like, I want to be like, do you get it? Like, do you get it? Like, I want to ask mm-hmm. every single person to listen to the song. Like, do you get it? Did you get this bar? Um, so I want to do like a genius breakdown. There's things like that. Vlogs. When I start traveling and doing different things, I want to do vlogs. Um, I've tried to do YouTube before. It just takes a lot of time. Editing is a lot of work. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, I don't have the time. Like, mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, so that's a commitment, but um, I do like editing, like, little bits and pieces, so I can see myself definitely branching out to, like, YouTube and trying to migrate, honestly, my platform on TikTok. The more it builds, I want to migrate it into other social media. Into LPS, that's what you want to do, because, yeah, because people will sit there and stay on that app, and I'm like, you don't know if this is going to be another Vine. Now, people say, you know, this this app is too popular to be that, you know, but you never know. And Instagram was once that. Instagram is dying out. So even <laughs> okay, even if it's five years from now, it's, it's gonna go. We gotta make sure we mobilize our platform and make sure that we stay like active and relevant if we want to like really take our work to like new levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So you you did mention this. Um. You're working on a new project and it's called In My Bag. Um. Can yes. you give the listeners what, what's in store for this for this EP? So this one is a little bit different from Libertine. Mm-hmm. Um, like the name says, in my bag again. Like I am in my rap bag. So there's a lot of heavy hitting rap. Um, this is kind of like the second part of Libertine. Um, again, all throwaways, but I was like, these songs go together because they all have a very similar vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just if you want to get into that like hard hitting rap you can't tell me nothing i'm in the gym i'm i'm lifting 20 pounds but it feels like ten thousand. i you can't do nothing to me then you can you can listen to it in my bag again like right. this is going to be that kind of project where it gives you that that oomph and that like that real raw gritty like rap oh okay all right yeah. i can't wait to hear it um now you did you released the track list um and you also had you already had a single from that ep that already yes. came out i listened yeah. to it earlier today it was yet yeah, like it was it was it was rap okay it was exactly. not, that's, that's the, the, but the lyrics now you also just to, i guess to piggyback off your other content like you also do like freestyles i see you i see you all the time on my uh for you page yeah. i'll be like okay yeah that's that's one thing that i really pride myself on is like my mm-hmm. ability to freestyle because not everybody can free and when i say freestyle so people have their own definitions of freestyle but mm-hmm. when i'm when i freestyle is freestyle like especially if you ever like go into my tiktok lives i'm mm-hmm. always just, like it's off the dome like you could give me a word you could give me a beat you could give me a you could give me nothing and like i just rap off the dome like that's what i do like i just love to just freestyle like i walk around my house just freestyling like mm-hmm. when i'm outside and i'm walking to the store like i'm rapping out loud i'm freestyling like that's just what i do um yeah i love i love it it's a skill that i definitely had to build up but it's something that i always love doing Mm-hmm. And this is something that you were. It came natural to you, or you had to like, like I said earlier, with the voice, you had to work into it. You have to. I mean, because rhyming is it's a lot of people in the industry don't really be freestyling like that. Yeah, <laughs> like how do we I get mean, here? People have their own definitions of freestyle. So there's the, like the industry freestyle, which mm-hmm. is like 
is just rapping over somebody else's beat. That's what they call a freestyle, mm-hmm. which anyone can do. But like when it comes to like really like rhyming off the dome, like really just rapping, rapping and going and going, mm-hmm. I actually kind of always had that. Like when I look back at my Snapchat memories from like grade nine or like when I was like 14 or whatever, like I would just be in my room on Snapchat, just like freestyling. And when I look back at it, I'm like, yo, that's still pretty good for like someone in high school, like, you know, but now it's like now because my writing has improved and because I like focus on my writing for so long, my freestyles have also improved. And like my freestyles can sound like written. Like they like sometimes they have whole structures, they have whole verses and whole hooks. Mm-hmm. Now you have a array of um, influences, you know, rap influences. One, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj. I think you said also yes. Missy Elliott, uh, Chance Missy- the Rapper, which yeah, Missy- she's. She's she's one of my influences, like musicality and visual wise. Yeah, visual. I can see because yeah, because because I can see it in in just the way that you that you act in the visuals. Like it's like oh my mm-hmm. goodness, you have that star quality, and I think that we're missing that in a lot of you know rising artists. And you know we're in the age now where you know you can pick up a phone and start recording something. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm mm-hmm. a singer, but like you take it serious with when it comes to the, the also the sound too, the production. Um, I mean, what could you say to any uh, coming up artists that are trying to, you know, make it into the music industry? Yeah, what I tell, like, I've, I kind of, like, spoke about this on my TikTok recently. Mm-hmm. Really, like, do your history or do your homework about your history, especially as a rapper. Like, I find too many people want to start rapping, but they don't even know what rap is. Like, <laughs> you know, like, they don't know who came before them. They don't know, like, what's the point of rapping. And especially, like, it, you don't have to come from, like, you don't have to come from struggle to be a rapper because of course we know the the history of rap where it comes mm-hmm. from how it was made it's like you know a lot of marginalized communities black communities expressing themselves in an art form that was so like native to them and like there's so much history to it especially for black americans there's so much so much history but you know people don't take the time to learn about it and i think that's yeah. such a shame because it can really like increase the value of your work when you are able to sit down and like when people ask you who your inspirations are and all your inspirations came out in the last five years, it's like, damn, like, you know, like, do you, do you care about this art form? Do you care about the longevity? Do you care about how your work sounds? Like, mm-hmm. do you want your work to be timeless or do you just want to be like these people and be relevant for the next five years? You know, I think it, that's one of my biggest things is like study your history, yeah. figure out who are the goats, who are your goats, because everyone will have their own set of goats and their own top 10 or their own top five. Yours doesn't have to be, the same five people that were put on rap genius or the same five people that were put on, you know, double XL. Like those don't have to be your goats. Figure out what your style is and who you want to be and what you want to portray as an artist. And then figure that out as a business and as a brand, because Mm. that is so important. And that is something that I'm learning too, but that doesn't come for a long time. Allow yourself to season and marinate as an artist before you can about being a brand like you're gonna get convoluted and lose the meaning and lose the text and lose the interest of it all if you don't take it step by step now see i'm getting some pointers from having this conversation because no because I, I i as a podcaster it's like you know i'm worrying about so many uh, independent because i'm sure you're an independent artist right yes 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 yeah yeah well, you have to worry about like the production how the thing looks how the thing sounds like oh well, you you need to be on social media more you need to be doing i'm like i need to be worried about this podcast Exactly. You're, okay. you're one person. Like there's like mm-hmm. you know, like only so much you can do. And it's just so important to just like build up your your skill and your talent and your 
everything before you even focus on the rest. Like that's the, you got to get the foundations. And I think that's the most important thing for people coming up in any part of the entertainment industry right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it gets, it's hard when you, you know, when the social norm of it now is like these two minute songs and it has to be mm-hmm. catchy. And I mean, how do you combat with that? Cause I, cause I see you still kind of like your songs are pretty like, how you how it was like we're talking two almost three four minutes you know what i'm saying like do you see yourself trying to make some songs that are kind that i'm not saying i don't want to use the word pandering but like you know i don't know what you mean yeah Mm -hmm. um yes and no like for example like on the actually no on libertine pretty much all the songs are full like except for maybe like one or two but like i'll have those moments where like i will make the things that i know that will be catchier or like you know, more, I guess, like, crowd-friendly. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, I don't see myself ever, like, dumbing down my lyrics or, like, my... Right, right, right. Songwriter, songwriting or anything that much because I feel like it's so it's so important. It's one of... It's my favorite part about being a rapper is writing the songs and, like, really getting into the bars. Like, every time I write, I think about how I can make the bar better than it is or than it was. Like, mm-hmm. I just always thinking about that so i fear that if i try and like condense the music or like continue to make it more crowd friendly it'll mm-hmm. just get dumber and dumber. like we have enough of that already <laughs> okay let's get into it <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh uh-huh well i mean i forgot to ask you this because this is actually this question was actually supposed to be asked a long time ago but you did a show with telfar yes <laughs> what's the details like what, what how did this happen what was the experience like <laughs> that was the best moment of my artist career like mm. so far today like i am so like, i think about it all the time i'm so thankful about it like like ugh. i will start by saying the song that i did it for was called yahoo mm-hmm. um it was a song that i released just for fun like it was such a fun cute song whatever and the 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 filming of that music video was actually so stressful because something broke in the studio space and like Uh-oh. the the studio owners were like trying to con me it was a whole mess the what it was a whole mess like it was something crazy like it like it was just it was something crazy and it was such a stressful moment uh-huh. and i knew that song and I was so stressed. I was like, do I even still want to like put out this song like in the way that I want to do it? Like I was just so upset and frustrated. And then to think that one song is what got me an invite to New York Fashion Week with Telfar is like it was it was such like a a grounding moment. And it basically all happened was I released that song. That I have it's a one single line in that song too. The whole song is the whole song is about something completely different. Mm-hmm. But one single line I said, I'm in a bigger bag than Telfar. They could tell that I'm going far. That's the line. That's the, That's one the line. line. And I yep. put my Telfar bag in the music video. And when I posted it as promo, I tagged them. I posted on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and I tagged them. Mm-hmm. And they liked it. They liked it. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, you know, maybe they'll repost it one day when they're dropping that bag color again. Like, you know, maybe they'll repost it. I think maybe two months went by, two or three months went by. And then I got a message about like, hey, like we saw your, like I'm this person with this agency and we're working with Telfar on an upcoming project. Um, We want to include your song. Can I just grab your email for details? I was like, for sure. So I was like, I was in the back room at work checking my phone. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I like replied, sent them my email. Mm -hmm. And then they emailed me and we're in communication. 
and then that was it. That, they were just like, okay, like you're going to be a part of this new thing that Telfar is launching called Telfar TV, where they're going to have for the launch a lot of um, a continuous loop of music videos from artists that have mm-hmm. made content pertaining to or about Telfar. I was like, for sure, like this is so dope. Like it could have ended there. And I was like, this is dope. Like, you know, right. And then I think it was two days before the New York Fashion Week event. I woke up before work and I got it. I like check my email, but like, you know, when you're half like awake, half asleep, mm-hmm. I checked my email and I got an email from someone and they were like, you are invited to New York fashion week press conference with Telfar. And then I read it and Ooh. I was like, I read the email. She said it was in New York and I was half asleep. So I replied and literally told this girl, like, sorry, I'm Toronto based. I won't be able to make it, whatever. And I fell back asleep. And then I woke up and I was like, what are you talking about, Akil? New York is a three-hour flight. So I messaged her. I emailed her back. I was like, look, like, I'm, I'll definitely be out there. I booked a flight that night. Mm-hmm. I packed my bag that night. I was on a flight the next day. I left work early to get on that flight. I went straight from work to the airport, to the airport, to my aunt's house. And then I, when me and my aunt went like to a little barbecue. Slept for maybe like four hours. Woke up, went to that event. I met Bretman Rock. Oh wow! Met, have their opinions, but I met him. He's a really nice person. <laughs> yeah, I know I he's met, he's kind of getting it on TikTok. <laughs> he's kind of getting it right now, so I'm gonna just leave it at I met him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Nice. Um, I met him. I met um young baby Tate. Um, or she goes by baby Tate now. She's lovely. She was on my flight. Um, and then I met a few other people. I made a few connections. Followed a few people. It was just a great experience. And being and before I started rapping and even spoken word. I wanted to like do modeling or fashion, whatever. And one of my goals that I had written down in one of my notebook every year, I write like a set of goals that I want to achieve for that year. One of my goals, I think it was 2018. I said, I want to be invited to New York fashion week mm-hmm. and to see it come to fruition and come alive in like a way that I had never, you manifested it. Exactly. I manifested it and it came alive in such a way that I was like, damn, like I would have never expected this. Like I, when I tell you I was on the flight, on the car, just listening to moment for life, win again on repeat. Like those are the songs of the weekend. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, I was like, this is my moment for life. Like it was, it was, it. it was such a lovely experience. And I'm like so grateful. And that motivated me so much as an artist because without dropping that one song and with that one line in it, I would not have been there. And it was just one single line, one bar. That's all it took. Yeah. One bar literally changed my life. So I'm like, damn, like how else can my life change from one bar or one song? Mm -hmm. It's going to keep on happening. You're going to keep on. I I, I see, I see your future is definitely bright. You are very talented. Um, Thank you you so much for coming on the show. I want to give you your last, give you the floor to, uh, you know, have your little shameless plugs or whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um well i'm again my name is akil elijah um i'm a rapper artist everything in between you know i got my ep libertine out now but tonight of today um which is february 17th and then on the 18th mm-hmm. my project my bag again is dropping so be sure to stream all those songs check out everything find me on tiktok instagram at akil elijah and yeah thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in and thank you so much for having me thank you Akil, so much for chatting with me today and thank you listeners for tuning in to the darren green show and until next time i am your host darren green and this is the darren green show signing out if you like what you heard please don't hesitate to hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating as always enjoy the convo 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, there's a reason the ultra-wealthy have been investing in fine wine for centuries. Historically stable returns and a lack of volatility make it stand out compared to traditional assets, especially during a downturn. But now you can invest alongside with them with Vint. Vint is an SEC-qualified investment platform that offers shares of the most sought-after wines in the world. So join the thousands of investors diversifying with fine wine and spirits. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co.